Amen. Take your Bibles real quick. Take your Bibles. Remain standing for just a second. We're going to read one verse, so it won't be long. You better read, sit down. If you don't have it, it's up here on the screen or should be somewhere. There we go. One verse, one verse. Uh, Psalm uh, uh, 119, Psalm 119, 165. If you're glad to be saved, say amen. amen. The Bible says in this one verse, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun today, folks. You, you might as well just, just put the seatbelt on. We're going to have a time today. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be one of those really really practical ones that's going to park in your driveway and honk the horn. Are y'all with me? He he's going to talk to us today. I did I did have an opportunity to uh, preach in Jacksonville, Florida last week and uh, had a, had a good time down there. And I heard Travis knocked it out the park last week. I heard he did a really good job. He called me this morning, uh, Brother Sharp. He called me this morning. Y'all know he's in the Philippines, and uh, he called me this morning at three o'clock. And this is what he said. God is my witness. This is what he said. Are you asleep? <laughs> no, I'm never asleep at 3 o'clock in the morning. Man, he's having a time. They have already seen about 60 people saved already. Already. Yeah, give God praise right here. Amen. Hey, they... <laughs> They, 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 was right, they was trying to get on a barge to get to the island they were headed to, and, and it kept raining and raining, bad weather, bad weather, and it was like two or three days wait. So they just set up church underneath the pavilion at the port and started having church there and started seeing people saved. Amen? God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Amen? All right. Psalms 119, 165. Here we go. Great peace. Let's all read it. Great peace have they which love thy law and... All right, let's read it one more time. Great peace have they which love thy law and... Okay, what kind of peace are we going to have? All right, what's going to offend us? All right, if that's the case, there's a problem. There's a problem. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy and this great spirit in this place. Thank you for all those that come out to hear something that's going to help them grow, develop, and change them in their Christian life. God, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In Dwight, in Dwight Pentecost commentary on the book of Philippians, he refers to an occurrence of a church split in Dallas, Texas. The church split was so bad that it involved a legal suit of one side of the church against the other over who had the right of ownership of the church property. The case went all the way to the state Supreme Court and it was dismissed on the grounds that the state Supreme Court was not going to deal with inter-church issues, but they would have to be dealt with by the denominational church governing body. The matter was finally settled with one side being given the ownership rights to the property. And during this period of time, a local newspaper reported, a reporter did some investigating on the cause of the church split. He discovered that it all started during a church dinner. Apparently, one of the church elders was offended when the portion of food given to him was not as large as the young person next to him. This whole church split started because someone was offended over such a petty thing. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, that could not be possible. There's no crazy that could really happen. Uh, Brother O'Neill, Brother Chris O'Neill is from the North Georgia, South Tennessee area there uh, uh, around Chattanooga and uh, he shared with me the story of a church that split because of the way a pie was sliced in a church fellowship. The lady who brought the, the pie 
uh, somebody cut it before she got there, heaven forbid, and cut it in eight slices, and she wanted it in 16 slices or something of that nature, or cut it in 16 slices, and she wanted it in eight slices, and, and here we go, she's upset. You say, how could that ever happen? Well, that person's been there a long time, and they've got 20 families that likes her. And if she's upset, so here we go. Now, as sad as that is, we are living, and you got you to admit this, whether you want to or not, you got to admit that we are living in a super sensitive society. I'm talking about super sensitive society. People get their feelings hurt over every little thing. Out in this world, they, they listen, they get offended because of the Ten Commandments. They get offended because there's a cross on a hill somewhere. They get offended over this. They get offended over that. They get offended over a manger scene. And, and I, I mean, we're just living in a crazy society that has no clue that the Constitution does not give them a right not to be offended. Amen? Amen? Now, I don't have as much issue with all of that uh, out there because I expect lost people to act like lost people. I expect lost people to live like lost people. And if they're going to be super sensitive about everything, hey, that's their business, what they do. Uh, but I have a problem when that super sensitivity creeps into the house of God. Because whether you believe it or not, this is <laughs> saints can be the most sensitive people in the world. And the easiest place to get your feelings hurt is at church. Now, the Bible says, the Bible says, great Peace have they which love thy law and, say it with me, and shall offend them. So if we are where we need to be with the word of God, if we are where we need to be in our spiritual maturity, what's the Bible say is going to happen? Nothing's going to offend us. But it's happening every day. Now, now I, feel, I feel a little tightness in this service for some reason, right at this moment right here. So we're going we're gonna to loosen up and we're just going to say, God, tell us what we need to hear. Would y'all do that? All right. Now, here's the thing. People get offended over all kind of stuff. And I, I don't have time to list all the things that I've seen in, in ministry. I'm telling you, I have seen it all. You name it, it's been the craziest things that I've heard people get upset about or get their feelings hurt over. But there's three main ones I want to talk about this morning, and, and we'll go get something to eat. Is that a plan? Say amen. All right. Number one, people get offended over preaching. They get offended over preaching. Now, let me give a little, little, little commercial to that right there. Uh, there is a such thing as offensive preaching. There is. So, and I, that's not what I want to talk about, but there is offensive preaching. There are preachers that need to shut up, sit down, don't ever get a suit on and a tie on, don't ever climb up on top of a platform, don't ever, 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 ever preach again in their whole entire days till Jesus comes. Never preach again because it's very offensive. When you preach your opinions and not the Word of God, that's offensive. When you're preaching what you think and not what the Word says, that's offensive. When you're preaching in anger and frustration and you're preaching at people and not to people, that, my friend, is very offensive. I've heard people say, <laughs> I've heard people say, I like preaching. And I do too. I mean, you look at my truck right now. I've got preaching CDs in the seat, in the floor, everywhere. I listen to it all the way down to Florida, all the way back. I love preaching. But one man said, I love preaching. I love good preaching. I love bad preaching. I just like all preaching. Not me. <laughs> not me. I don't like bad preaching. I don't like it. I don't like it when it's not 
biblical. I, 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 don't, I don't like that. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about this morning. I'm not talking about that type because that's an easy fix to that. All you got to do is turn channel. So what if I go to church and it's, it's, it's unbiblical? Go to a different one. Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, but I'm I'm loyal to the people. No, 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 no. Don't don't be filled with that kind of jive. Don't if, if he ain't preaching the book, you need to find another location. We can fix that. I mean, if I hear something that's offensive on radio, turn it off. Turn the channel on it. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we get offended over biblical preaching. When we get offended over preaching that he can say, thus saith the Lord. When it's, it's got the spirit of God on it, when the touch of God on it, when God has walked with us every day of the week and he knows where we're at and he knows how we're living and God gives a word that we don't necessarily appreciate. That kind of preaching. You say, why do people get offended over preaching? Well, one reason is because of its content because of its content do you realize that the word of God was here to sanctify us sanctify them through thy truth thy word is now sanctify is just a, a spiritual term for cleaning up it means cleaning up do you realize uh that God wants to clean our act up when we come to church we come to church, we come with the idea, God, make me more like you. God, clean me up. There's areas in my life that needs to change. There's areas in my life that needs to be cleaned up. There's things I need to start. There's things that I need to stop. And you know what happens? We come, and when we go, when he goes to getting on them issues, we get offended. We get offended. And, and, and uh, you know, a, a wealthy a wealthy deacon come up to this old pastor, and he's, he's an old man of God. And he said, now, preacher, this preaching you've been doing lately, it's been rubbing the cat back. It's been rubbing the cat wrong. He said, well, the cat needs to turn around. Right? What did, what did, what did Jesus, he found in Jesus, in John chapter number 6, verse 60. It says, many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, heard what? Now, now this was after the feeding of the 5,000. This was after Jesus was giving them what they wanted. This was after Jesus uh, fed hungry people and gave them a free meal. Everybody likes a free meal. Everybody likes to get what they want. Well, Jesus turned that thing around a little bit, and he said, now look, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to give up everything. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to sell out. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to give up everything. And it's not about being a fan. It's about being a follower. And they went, whoa, pump the brakes. Wait a minute. Now, we like this free food stuff, but well, I don't know about all this giving up. Y'all with me? Now, watch what they said. Watch what they said. Many of the disciples, when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, read it with me. Doth this, you offended? If you go to verse 66, you will find out that many of them departed from him and wouldn't follow him anymore. Why? They got offended because of what he said. Paul said it this way in the Galatians, in Galatians 4.16. He said, I am therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Isn't that sad? That people will get angry 
for simply telling the truth. We get offended because of the content of the message, but then we get offended because of the conviction that's felt in the preaching. Conviction. Uh, Paul was speaking to Felix in Acts chapter 24. And in verse 24 it says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Well, what was he doing? He was preaching the, the gospel of Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come, what was he doing? Preaching hellfire and brimstone. When he did all of that, the Bible says Felix did what? Trembled. Trembled. Now, why, why does a person tremble? Because they're afraid. There's a fearful feeling that grips them and it causes them to tremble. Now, I know there's some weird people in this world that will take good money that they have worked hard for and go to a haunted house and pay somebody to scare them. I don't understand it. That's not logical to me. They will, they will pay money, and they will get on this uh, contraption and, and this apparatus that will take them 150,000 miles an hour upside down till their guts are coming out their ears to scare them to death on a roller coaster and pay somebody to do that. I don't understand that. I don't like to be afraid. I don't like to be scared. And I'm sure not going to pay somebody to do it. Say amen. Don't scare me. Do not scare me. If you scare me, we are friends no longer. I will be offended. Y'all with me? He, he, he trembled. He was afraid. The Spirit of God gripped his heart. And listen, the Word of God came in like a sharp scalpel, a sharp sword that gripped his heart. And the Spirit of God gripped him. I remember the day that I was lost. I was a good kid. I was a preacher's kid. I went to church every week. But God convicted me that I was lost and undone without God or His Son. And I was on my way to hell. And buddy, I trembled. You know why? Because conviction does not feel good. It absolutely does not feel good. And you know what's happened in our society today? We have, we have come to the point that everybody wants to go somewhere that makes them feel good. And Paul, Paul saw it coming. And he told, he told Timothy, uh, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when people will heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. Teachers, I, I hear it all the time. Well, I like so and so because he's more of a teacher. And they're heaping to these people because they go and tell them what they want to hear and they go and tell them what will make them feel good. Now, I like to feel good too. But if I'm not living right, I don't need to feel good. If I'm not lined up with the word, I don't need to feel good. Why should I change my behavior if somebody's making me feel good about it? Are y'all with me? In the last days, they shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. Just tell me what I want to hear. Just make me feel good. Don't be, don't be, you know, leave my lifestyle alone. That's my business. Honey, that ain't your business. That's God's business. And we don't want somebody to make us feel bad. Now listen, 
if, if preaching is right and we are wrong, it's not going to feel good. Well, I tell you what, every time I go to that church, it makes me feel bad. It might need to be, you need to straighten up. I love a song. All the world is bright since I got right. Now sing and pray and shout. Are y'all with me? All the world is bright since I got. But if he's up there telling the truth. Now, I'm going to admit, there's been times I've been in the house of God and that preacher is laying it down. And I wasn't living according to what God's word said. And man, I didn't like it. But you know what? I learned that if I don't change and line up to the word, I'm always going to be painful. I'm never going to get help. Do you want to go? Do you want to go to a doctor and be eat up with cancer and him tell you, you're good? It's okay. You, you would want to whip them if they didn't tell you the truth. So why do we come to the house of God and expect somebody to go and dance around all of our issues and not tell us the truth? Yep. We get offended. We get offended because of preaching. We get offended. We want people to teach us. There's a difference between teaching and preaching too, by the way. The Bible says that the man of God, in, in, the, in the qualifications for the man of God, that the bishop, he's to be apt to teach. But he's to preach first. Y'all with me? What's the difference then? What's the difference between teaching and preaching? The definition to the word teach means to cause to know something. To cause to know something. Preaching is different. It doesn't say by the foolishness of teaching. It says by the foolishness of preaching, God has ordained that to see people saved. Why? What's the difference? Preaching is this. To urge acceptance or abandonment of an idea or course or action. What does that mean? Teaching is, this is the information. Preaching is, this is the information, now what are you going to do about it? Preaching will get in your business. Preaching will get in your stuff. Preaching will urge from the heart an action to take place. Listen, do something about this situation. But we want to go to a place where they'll just give us some information and then leave us alone about it. That won't help anybody. I'm so glad that there were people in my life that loved me enough to tell me the truth and challenge me with it. Amen? Offended. We get offended by preaching. Then number two, number two, we get offended by people. This is my favorite one. We get offended by people. Get our feelings hurt. Uh, why does that happen? Why does that happen? If you're taking notes, we get offended by people because of unrealistic expectations. Y'all with me? Unrealistic expectations. The Bible says that Jesus talked to his disciples, and he said this, Matthew 23. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, now saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. 
All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Y'all get that? They say and do not. I've known some folks like that right there. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. What does that mean? It means this. You expect things from others that you're not willing to hold yourself accountable to. Unrealistic expectations. You won't, you won't go to their baby shower, but you'll get offended if they don't go to yours. You won't make that phone call to somebody and check on them, but you get bent out of shape if they don't check on you. Mm-hmm. I sure am. Don't we? They didn't even come see me. How many people did you go see? We hold other people to higher expectations than we're not willing to fulfill ourselves. And you know what? I think we forget that we're all just people. We don't, we don't extend the amount of grace that we want somebody to extend to us. Unrealistic expectations. You, 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 go, you go to a bar. Not that any of y'all have ever done that, but... You, somebody told me that they said, boy, preacher, you got some good people. I said, you don't know them like I know them, amen. You, I've got job security, amen. Uh, but they do say if you're there four years or longer that you attract what you are, so that's, I'm not saying much, amen. You go to a bar and they'll get in a fight. I'm talking about knock down, drag out, war, show enough, get it on, biting each other's ears off, bloody, I mean, tearing each other apart. And the following week, you know what they're doing? Buying each other drinks. You go to the church and somebody don't shake your hand. And 20 years later, it's Hatfield and McCoy's. Am I right? Unrealistic expectations. Expecting people to be perfect. Second one. We're moving right along. Uh, I feel an invitation in our future. Amen. Here we go. Unrealistic expectations. You know, the, 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 the Pharisees would expect everybody to be everything and do everything, but they were not willing to move or do anything. Then we see number, number two, or B, if you're taking notes. We see the story of Mary and Martha. This is a classic. Luke 10, 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which was also at Jesus' feet. This is what she did. Every time you saw Mary in the Bible, she was at Jesus' feet. I mean, she worshipped Jesus. That was her thing. And it says that Martha was cumbered about with much serving. She was really busy. I mean, wide open. And she came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. 
Mary was doing what she's supposed to do. Mary was doing the right thing. Mary was doing the best thing. But what happened with Martha is Martha was the center of her universe. And we get all bent out of shape about other people is because we don't realize they don't revolve around us. We don't, we don't, we don't realize that other people have schedules. We don't realize that other people have appointments. We don't realize that other people have lives too. We don't realize that other people have children they got to take care of too. It's all about our world. It's all about my schedule. It's all about my agenda. Mary was over there doing her thing. Mary was doing what she had always done. Mary was doing what God expected her to do. But yet she wasn't cleaning and she wasn't cooking and she wasn't doing what Martha expected her to do. So she got offended. She had no idea what was going on outside of her universe, but because it wasn't what she wanted. This, this Monday, or Sunday, I drove down to Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, that's a long way, folks. Say amen right there. I got about to Birmingham. And it was, I don't know if y'all remember Saturday or not, but it was raining, frogs, and crickets. Say amen. I got to Birmingham, and I checked my radar. I said, I'm going to see how much this rain I'm going to have to go through. And I looked at that, and God is my witness. There was a line of thunderstorms that was right down I-75 from Atlanta all the way to I-10. And I'm saying, really, Lord? I'm, I'm not talking about green. I'm talking about red and yellow. Are y'all with me? Going down, there was a section between, there was a section between Atlanta and Jonesboro. That, 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 there was three lanes of traffic, north and south, and they had the whole center out. They had the whole center, both lanes, shut down completely because it flooded out. You hit that doing 85, and you're going to see the Lord. Say amen. I'm talking about, and it was bumper to bumper. And, and how many of y'all know when you're riding in rain and storm and weather, you're tense? Now, eight hours of that. Y'all with me? Eight hours! Of that. Wake up early Sunday morning, preach Sunday school, preach Sunday morning, preach Sunday night. Wake up at 12.30 Monday morning. Me and Brother McCormick had a, 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 a mutual pastor friend of ours that kind of had to have emergency uh, quadruple bypass surgery, heart surgery. We got up at 12.30 Monday morning to be able to get to the hospital in Bradenton, Florida in time. Drove four and a half hours to Bradenton, Florida. Prayed with him, was with him before they went into surgery and everything. Drove four and a half hours back and had to, they had a, a little eat and greet meat thing with, with uh, uh, finger foods. And I tasted the coolest finger food, chicken wrapped in bacon with uh, chili powder and, and, and brown sugar. It will blow your mind. Say amen. But anyhow... And, and that was right before I had to get up Monday night and, and speak on leadership. Now, I'm sitting there in that meet and greeting and everything, and, and I'm not my normal self. I mean, I'm like. And, you know, some people thinking, well, he's snobby. I tell you what, I don't know how he passes a big church. He ain't even sociable. I'm trying to keep my eyes open. <laughs> and you know what? They have no idea about the past two days. Have no concept whatsoever of what me and Dr. McCormick had been through in them few hours. But they're speculating. Watch what Martha did. This is the point. 
Not only is there unrealistic expectations, but there's unjust speculation. What is she doing? Now, what does speculation mean? Here's a definition. To form an opinion, oh boy, to form an opinion from little or no evidence. You see somebody in the store and they don't say hi to you. Well, automatically you're mad at them. They may not have had to contact them. They may not have recognized you. People come up to me all the time, and I don't mean to, but I just, sometimes I don't recognize them. That's not because I hate you or I don't like you or I'm not paying attention to you. I don't know you. I love everybody. Can I just, can I just clarify this and, and just remove all the mystery? I love you. I don't even remember my kids' names. That don't mean I don't love them. I feed them every week. What do you want? Amen? But we get all bent out of shape over something that we perceive. They didn't even speak to me. Well, you might not have known it, but their parent just died. You might not have known it, but they might have just left the, the doctor's office and the doctor gave them some horrible news. I met a guy in the, in the locker room at the gym. Usually comes to the first service. And he, I mean, he, he, he just looked so spaced. Just like he was in another world. And I said, hey man, how you doing? And hello and all that kind of stuff. Just small talk. And he come up to me later. I didn't think nothing about it. I mean, I, you know, it was just... Don't do much talking in the men's locker room. Y'all ladies might, but men don't. Say amen. <laughs> Can I have an amen from the men right there? I'm sorry. I'm just calling it like it is. Well, he seen me later on. He seen me later. He said, preacher, I'm so sorry. I said, sorry for what? He said, I'm so sorry. I said, he said, I didn't, I didn't mean to be short with you, but he had just, just left his son, and there was like a major, major, with his, his own son. I mean, just a major, major fight and just a bad deal. It just happened, and then he saw me. And see, we get upset at people, and we get offended at other people when we don't even know the whole story. Now, let me, let me tell you something. This, this, this might be offensive. Um, but the offense may not be, and probably most likely is not the other. Let me just say it. It ain't. It's not the other person or what they did or didn't do. The Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing and, and shall offend them. If you are easily offended, you may need to grow up. I'll prove it. This is the last deal. We've had so much fun today. Let's close this thing. Amen. We're offended by preaching. We're offended by people. We're offended by problems. Problems. Mark chapter number 4. Jesus is speaking and he's giving a parable about the seed that goes in the ground and compares it to our Christian life. He says some, some seed fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up 
because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, in other words, when the sun got hot, it was scorched. It had no root system, and it withered away. Now, he compared that to our Christian life. This is what he said. And these things are, are, these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they heard the word, immediately received it with gladness, and had no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. What does that mean? It's easy to come into church and, and, and not grow spiritually, not, not develop your spiritual maturity and get excited about the service, get excited about the worship, get excited about everything and not spend time in growing in the word of God and letting the root system go down and get a strong root system and the first problem that arises, it blows you out the water. First little thing happens. The first situation takes place. You're just upset and it's not because it's not because problems are not typical. It's because you're immature. Immature. We don't like saying that. We don't like hearing that. We don't like somebody telling us we're immature. But if you get offended by every little thing, you, my friend, are immature. And we need to do this. We need to grow up. Because if we have no root system, let me tell you, problems are going to come. Mark it down. Write it down on your calendar. Put it in your appointment book. Problems coming. It will. And if we don't grow and mature in our Christian life, we will get offended and leave church. Why do we get offended? By problems? Because there's a missing nurture of people. It means we're immature. We're immature. Then B, and this is it right here. There's a misunderstood nature of problems. We get offended because we don't really realize what the problem is there for. We don't realize what God is wanting to do with our problems. Here in 1 Peter we read, and by the way, if you're missing the Wednesday night Bible study on 1 Peter, honey, you need to get to church on Wednesday night. Because this is all we're discussing is going through problems and how to deal and how he said, watch what he says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. In other words, don't be shocked when problems come. Oh, you're a Christian and you're having issues. Really? The devil's fighting you every step of the way. Really? Amen? 1 Peter 1, 7. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We learned this this past Wednesday. We learned this this past Wednesday. He's comparing the problems in our life with the fire that the goldsmith used when he gets the gold where he wants it. You see, the goldsmith will put gold in the fire because that heat will bring the impurities to the surface and he can scoop them out and it just purifies that gold. And you know how long he'll keep it in the heat? Till he can see his reflection in the gold. And you see, God will allow problems in our life, not because he's mad at us, not because he don't like us, not because he likes to torture us. He's looking for his reflection. Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed 
to the image of his son. You see, you might be going through what you're going through because God's not as concerned with your comfort as he is your character. And the character he's looking for is Jesus Christ. Preacher, how do you know we'll get offended by our problems and we'll try to get back at God? See, people will leave church thinking they're getting God back. I'll, I'll teach you. I'll stay home Sunday. Now, we won't say that. But either consciously or subconsciously, we're shaking our fist in God's face. What did, what did Job's wife tell Job when he was going through all his problems? Man, just curse God and die. And see, what happens is we get angry at God because we don't understand why he's doing the things he's doing. We get, help me, we get offended. offended. When it might be, we just need to back up a little bit and say, okay, God, what do I need to change? What do I need to start? What do I need to stop? What do I need to do so I will be conformed to your perfect image? Let's not get offended. I have been. I have been in my life. It don't do anybody no good to get offended. The greatest cure for offense is to forgive. And lower your expectations of people. Yeah, I said it. Let's ease up on each other. Let's give each other a break. I sure need one. How about y'all? How many of y'all would like people to give you some grace every now and then? Let's don't get offended. And when we do, let's forgive quick. Let's forgive quick, 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 quick. Forgive quick. Get over it. All right, your homework for today. You didn't know you were going to have homework today, did you? Your homework for today. I need you to go home, go to the bathroom, look in the mirror, dead eyeball to eyeball, and give the look. And this is what I need you to say. Get over it. Get over it. You see, if I tell you that, or somebody else tells you that, you'll get offended. But if you tell you that, are y'all with me? Hey, some of y'all ain't smiled the whole service. Y'all, it ain't going to break your face. Come on. Most miserable people in the world are the people that want to hold on to an offense. Get over it. Life's too short to go around grumpy. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us in this area. Lord, help us, help us, help us in this area. Help us to bestow grace on each other that we want them to bestow on us. God, help us to get over those issues that we've had and let it go. Lord, help us to be mature and develop in our Christian life so that we don't get bent out of shape all the time. We don't get offended at every little thing. God, help us to grow up. Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to be saved, we're going to give an invitation. Lord, I want them to come right now. If they need to be saved, say, Preacher, I've never been saved in my life. I need to know who Jesus is. I want, to, I want to trust in the Lord as my Savior. We'll have people at this altar right now. All you got to do is come. 
Say, preacher, I need to join up with Temple. This is where God wants me to serve. This would be a good time to do it right now. Maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you've had issues in your life, burdens in your life. Maybe you've had grudges in your life that you just need to let go and get over. The Bible says, lay your burden before the Lord. He'll take care of it. He'll sustain you. Casting all thy care upon the Lord, for he careth for you. I pray your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. You sing. If you need to come, if you need to pray, we'll pray with you. Take advantage of this opportunity. If you're not praying, I want you to be singing right now. Surrender all to him I freely give. Sing it, church. I will ever. Trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. God dealing with you. Can we help you pray about something? Can we help you pray about a need? Won't you come? I surrender. Bless these burdens, Lord, I pray. Oh, God, I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Lord, I pray that you'll answer their prayer in such a way. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I Trust him this morning. I promise you, God can do for you what nobody else can. Amen. Sing it. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. and glory for his house. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen. These altars are always open. No matter during the service, no matter where we're at, these altars are always open and you're welcome to use them in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now we're going to take up our tithes and our offerings. If you're, if you're here for the first time, we're, you're not obligated to this. We do this to be a blessing to you. But the rest of us, we give uh, 10% of our income as a tithe and, and give above that as a love offering to God and appreciation for what he's done for us. So let's be obedient to the word and do as God has spoken today in our worship. Lord, receive our gift now. Receive our tithes and our offerings. Receive what we offer unto you out of appreciation for what you've done for us. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I heard an old, old story of how a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. And no victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. And he loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is to Him. And He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. And I heard about His healing, of His cleansing power revealing. How He made the lame to walk again, and He caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. And no victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. And he loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he is built for.